Drive. Welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, the Denver Desert Dog. Um, Talking 2017 draft recap for the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Joining me tonight, my right-hand man in the Red Triangle, Eddie Mitchum from the Steel Curtain. How you doing, Ed? Doing great. Let's talk draft. Yeah, it was fun. So it's Monday night. Um, We had the draft on Saturday. Keepers were due. Um, I think we were pretty spot on on most of the keepers in our keeper preview podcast. But uh, Christmas Day of the fantasy football season is always draft day. And there were some fireworks this year. How did, how did you feel about the draft? Just give me like a general assessment and we'll see what we can spin off of that. Um... I think the biggest surprise was the running back market. I think you just hear so much about how it's kind of shifted to such a wide receiver-driven draft pool and how they're the safer players and stuff. But I just – I came in keeping A.J. Green and Michael Thomas trying to target these running backs. And I thought the running back market was way higher than the uh, wide receiver market. Yeah, so let's talk about that because I was kind of in a position where I wanted to hit the wide receiver market because I kept Todd Gurley and Amari Cooper and I wanted to get some real solid receivers with Cooper. I still feel like Gurley's an RB1, which I still think is a requirement to be a good fantasy team. I've definitely fallen off the RB wagon. I mean, I used to be a guy that would try and keep as many running backs. Um and last year, you know, I kept Gurley and Doug Martin, and I still think you need to have an RB1. I still think that's a requirement to be a good team. Um, or at some point, you have to go get someone that can be an RB1. And I know you're going to sit here and tell me you don't have one, but I think Doug Martin could be an RB1 for you at some point this year. So, I agree. Um, I think, you know, he's right in that RB12 tier there, so I'm okay with what you did. Um, but the running back prices were incredible. Um, when you and I went over our kind of pre-draft, what game plans, what we were doing, so we wouldn't cross swords too much. Um, you know, McCoy, we had him pegged 60 cap, 60 max. And I think we, I think the one mistake that we made was really underestimating how much Stein and how much money Stein and Dylan had. Yeah, I agree. Um, Stein wasn't in the running back market, but he's the one that threw $84 out for Antonio Brown. Over a third of his budget on one player. How'd you feel about that? Uh, I didn't expect it. I, I, didn't. I, I didn't either. Didn't really fit Shane's typical draft strategy, I didn't think. I was shocked to see him going at it. At first, I thought he was just trying to get Butler up, but then he didn't back off it. Um, he, he wasn't backing down at all, either. No. Like, he was, just, he was, you could tell he was in it to get him. So I thought it was kind of surprising. Um, I guess, I guess I get it. Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, you're hoping for two top five receivers there, and. I mean, it's a solid core to start out with. Shane showed that that's what he does, you know, and I don't want to get too much into his team right now, but 
he'll figure out the running. He's comfortable figuring out the running backs as the season goes. Um, other guys, not so much. I mean, first player thrown was DeMarco Murray. Spears comes right out the gate literally 30 seconds after he walked in the room and buys DeMarco Murray for $36. Um, and that was one of the better prices in the draft, in my opinion. Yeah. Because then you have, like myself, I was kind of forced into getting Amir Abdullah for 25 Didn't love it, but I'm okay with it. Um, now that I'm looking at what he does for my team, it was kind of what I had to do there. C.J. Anderson, $24. I mean, C.J. Anderson, $12 more than DeMarco Murray. Um, Joe Mixon was also a great price at 27 So, the, I did not expect running backs to go for the prices that they went for, and I think the whole room was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, second most expensive running back was Jay Ajayi at 46 bucks, And then the third most expensive running back, Christian McCaffrey, $42. Your thoughts? <laughs> I expressed them as soon as the bid was made. Um, I'm not, I'm not in on McCaffrey. I'm not. I just think, I just don't think he's going to be an every down guy. Um, I think the bulk of what he's going to get is through pass catching and at the price he paid, I felt like there was other ample pass catchers in the draft. Um, but I mean, if that's your guy and you're in on him, go get him. That's the beauty of the, of the auction draft. You go get who you want. And clearly... Sure had his eyes on him. I think he was the last one, though, of some of the top-tier running backs that were available in the draft. I think he was victim to that because Fournette went for 28, Mixon went for 27, and Dalvin Cook, who got him? Um, Franchise, he went for 33. So they're all kind of in the same ballpark, and then you have McCaffrey, who went after all of them for 42. Which always seems to be the middle area of the draft is when players get most expensive. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it wasn't like the top end running back prices surprised me all that much. We expected McCoy at 60, 64. Like, that's not a huge surprise. Uh, but the guys that had money, we felt like that was going to happen in a keeper league where a lot of the top backs are being kept. Um, I think that's expectable. But. There just never seemed like there was a drop-off. I mean, obviously, 64 down to 36, but you're talking about those guys that were 36 and 30 and $27 are tiers away from McCoy. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just stayed there forever. Yep. I mean, even you had to go out and spend $21 to get Doug Martin, who's going to miss the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. And he did a nice job getting quiz on the cheap for nine before that. Um but a guy like Garrett Blunt cost you 19 bucks. You know, it, he was probably like the 25th running back thrown at that point of the day. You should start getting some guys for sub $10, but it just, everyone had a plan to not spend on their bench this year is what it kind of felt like. How'd you feel about the quarterback prices? Do you think we accomplished our goal with changing quarterback scoring? Um, I don't. You still feel like they were too low? I do, kind of. I don't know. I feel like, I don't think the prices look bad if you're looking at the sheet. But but 
if you were at the draft, you know that a lot of those prices got there just because Spears was not going to let anyone have guys for ridiculous prices because he kept saying, oh, we're trying to get the quarterback prices up. You can't have them for five, six. You can't have them for seven, eight. So he kind of drove the market up. I don't think it was the six-point passing touchdowns. I think it was just the mindset of Spears and not letting people get off. He yeah. let people all over the place. He kind of he kind of drove the market up in a lot of places. He did. He, I mean, he was kind of a guy that no one ever stuck him. But he was a guy sitting there saying, well, if so-and-so went for this price, then I'm going to make you go this price for some, you know, player X. Yeah, and we allowed him to sit there and never stuck him with anyone. That's the thing. Like, I don't think outside of year one, I think your dad got stuck on Murray. Someone stuck him on DeMarco Murray the year that he was going to be. Was that the year he was going to be an Eagle? Yes. And he hated it. Yeah. And I said, the only guy that I ever remember getting stuck. Hell, we had we had uh, Fegley winning a bid on a third quarterback on his team, and no one stuck it on him. Yeah, Cam Newton, I think. Was it Cam Newton? Phil, I think. Phil Rivers. Oh, that's right. He went four for, for the next Jake the Snake. <laughs> Whatever that means. Um, you got stuck on Garrett Blunt, kind of. But not, yeah. not, not, bad, not bad in a way. Like You were okay getting a running back at that point, but that 19 was a regretful bid. It was regretful. I already had Ertz at the time, and I was like, nah. But you needed to get that RB2 spot filled. Yeah. Um, anything else really crazy that you can think of that happened? Um, we'll go into each team, but was there anything else that really stood out? Not that I can think of. Tight end prices. Yeah, that's Ab- Absurd. Yeah. For Absolutely sure. Absolutely ridiculous. We have... Um, Gronk for 39, Eifert for 25, Delaney Walker for 25, you got Ertz for 19, Jordan Reed went for 29. Those were the expensive tight ends. Um, but we did see a steep drop off then. Yes, after that, it, it kind of really <laughs> bottomed out there. Um, and I think that's just because, like you said, with the running backs we really had a break in the tight end action for a while because people were trying to fill their running back spots because we the pricing was just out of control and everyone was, I think, feeling some sense of panic um, to fill up some running back depth. It's totally unlike me to leave a draft with four running backs only. But... <laughs> I just couldn't get in on those prices, and I knew I wanted to be wide receiver heavy. Um, so I just I'm gonna do the best to make it make it go throughout the year. I got two good starters. I got a third running back who's gonna hopefully fill in and get more touches than people are expecting, and then I got one of my favorite sleepers in Kamara. Um, but yeah, the tight end prices. You had the best one at best price out of the top. Top tight end, nineteen bucks. Um, you regret that at all for Ertz? Would you rather have like a Rudolph for five or a an Ebron for one or something like that? I think the only one that I would be willing to take would be the Rudolph for five, but I think I'm okay with Ertz at nineteen. I, I, I'm 
no secret to you that I'm in on Ertz, so I'm okay with it. Um, could have been lower. I would have taken it lower, but I wanted him, so. All right, so let's talk about each team here. Let's go across. We'll go across the top of the sheet, but we'll skip my team. We'll do our teams last, all right? I'm good. So let's start off with Shane. Um, came into the draft with $201. No, uh, 195 Keeping Marshawn Lynch and Mike Evans for a total of thirty dollars. Um, jumps out and gets Antonio Brown right away for eighty-four. He was also in on the Brady bidding with me and Butler for a while, but then backed off. He gets Gronk for thirty-nine, and then he's kind of quiet. He gets Kareem Hunt for twenty-two, Cam Newton for five bucks, um, Derrick Henry for ten, Brandon Marshall for fourteen is a nice buy. And then he adds some rookie depth at the end there with Jamal Williams, Joe Williams, and John Ross. Rashard Matthews for $1 was a very nice play, too. Um, definitely a good pick there. How do you feel about Shane's team? Um, I feel like it's a lot better with Green Hunt getting the uptick now. It seems like Ware's going to miss a great deal of time. He's missing the season. I- He's out for the year. Is was it the year now? Guaranteed, yeah. PCL surgery. Yeah, uh, I like the situation. I always like buying into Andy running backs. It just feels like is he a lock to get the lion's share of the touches? I just wonder. I wonder how much he's going to be spelled, and do they trust him with the whole workload? Um, so I'm not completely sold on him, but. I like that buy at twenty two dollars. I thought his price would go a little higher with the recent news. I did too, but at that time on Saturday, where it was supposed to miss like maybe six weeks, it was a sprain when we were drafting, and then it came out yesterday that it's PCL damage and he's going to be out for the year. So that twenty two looks good now because. I mean, I saw on Twitter today, Kareem Hunt was going in the second round of some drafts. So I think if we had known that on Saturday for sure, I think Hunt gets up into the 30s, and I think I'm probably in on that bid too. Um, but I did like Brandon Marshall for 14 liked Richard Matthews for a dollar. The guy that scares me on this team is Gronk, $39 for Gronkowski. Um... Just, I don't know. That seems very unlike Shane to me. Yeah. I th- I think it's scary, but there's obviously a ton of upside. He can win the tight end matchup. You give him a week that he's healthy. I think the Edelman news helped uh, maybe sell him on Gronk. But I think, I'm, I think I'm okay with it. I think that's a little lower than what he's been in the past, so... I guess if you believe in him, it's, this is probably the year to get him because there's been so many injury concerns. It's kind of the year you can get him a little discount. <clears throat> um, Jamal Williams at eight. Uh, I was tr- I was in on that one, and then Shane looked at the screen and saw his max bid was bigger than mine at that time, so I just let him have him. Um, but I like that one. I think he's got a. I think he's got guaranteed touches every week. I don't think Montgomery's going to be a bell cow guy. Kind of come back to earth on Montgomery a little bit from where I was a month or two ago. Uh, Williams was kind of, kind of someone I wanted going into it as one of those low-priced backs that could uh, kind of definitely exceed his value. So I kind of like that one to add a little bit of depth to his running back core. 
I also thought Shane did a great job at the quarterback position. No secret that he loves Tom Brady going out and getting Cam Newton and Derek Carr for a total of $10. Um, you know, people forget Cam Newton was the NFL MVP in 2016 um, and probably the top fantasy scorer that year as well. And Derek Carr is a quarterback that I think a lot of people are excited about this year. So I thought he did a good job getting great quarterback value for cheap. Overall, Shane's going to be a tough team to tough team to play against this year again, as he usually is. So I don't know if he ha- he doesn't have the depth that he's always had in the starting lineup. But you know, maybe if on this sheet, if we take Derrick Henry out of the flex and put in Rashard Matthews, that that's a good starting lineup for Week One. Which you play him in Week One. Sure do. All right, let's move on to the Sea Wolves. Um, came into. The draft at $175 cap, $125 after their keepers of $49 for Le'Veon Bell and a dollar for Martavis Bryant. He goes out right away and adds Des Bryant for 50, Carlos Hyde for 37, and Andrew Luck for 12. And then he's really talking dollar-ish players the rest of the draft. Gets Stefan Diggs for 15, Kobe Fleener for four. And then rounds out his team with Marvin Jones, Eli Manning, Thomas Rawls, John Brown, Josh Doxson, and Shane Green all for one dollar. How do you feel about the Wolves? I don't hate it as much as I thought I did. I mean, for where the position he put himself in, like he said before he left, he spent his money before the draft by getting Le'Veon Bell for seventy-five dollars, and with Lashawn McCoy going at sixty-four, I dogged that trade. But Lashawn McCoy at 64, Le'Veon Bell sounds about right at 75. Yeah. Um, so I guess I guess it makes sense if if you were in on him and you, you he kind of had the market right, I guess, to to do that trade and wrap up 75 dollars in him. So not bad. Um, Des Bryant was 49 last year. That was uh, to me before, right the day before the Tony Romo injury. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of up and down on Des. I don't really know what to expect. I think missing Zeke's going to help him. Um, but I don't know. I like Martavis Brian Keep for a dollar. I think that's a steal. I think he's a guy that you can plug and play. Yeah. Phil clearly had Des ranked as the second receiver in the draft behind him, um, Antonio Brown. You know, his comments throughout the day definitely led you to believe that. Um, Diggs at 15 is a nice price. I really like the Marvin Jones grab for $1. I think a second year in that offense with the highest paid player in NFL history throwing to him. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, and then, you know, John Brown's a guy that's found some life here in the last week of the preseason at a dollar. Doxon is a guy that could be something special. He gets Rawls and Vereen to add some depth. Um, the real key for him is if Andrew Luck is in any way, shape, or form healthy before week four, um, I think this is a real solid team. Yeah. Another one. He's I open up with him in week one, so um, I'm really hoping Luck doesn't suit up. Or maybe I hope he does. <laughs> he hasn't played yet, so. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the clan. The clan came in. 200 cap, keepers of $9, Jimmy Graham and Bilal Pal. 
He adds two quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan, for 17. His big buys were Zeke for 48, Hopkins for 40, Leonard Fournette for 28, um, Benjamin for 20, and then he adds Cam Meredith and Zay Jones for 10 apiece, Spencer Ware for $4, Edelman for $5, and Moncrief for 8 First thing I look at on this team is there's four dead spots. Edelman, Spencer Ware, Cam Meredith, who completely tore his knee in worse ways than we've ever seen, I think, yesterday. And then Zeke's dead for six, seven weeks right now. So that's tough to come out with 14 players and four of them you know you won't have for at least half the season. And then he, before we leave the draft room, he trades Bilal Powell for Darren McFadden. Yes, yeah. So right now, <laughs> right now his running back depth is Leonard Fournette and Darren McFadden for week one. Yeah. Do you think he regrets that Powell trade at all now? Because that was one that I understood why he did it, kind of, but much rather have Powell. He was so down on Powell. Yeah. I tried to um, I tried to tell him at one of the the second break or the first break after he took Powell. How he he was talking about how he had to get Forte because he hated Powell and he hated that he kept him and all this stuff. I was trying to talk him down, and then later he deals him to me for McFadden, which helps my team a heck of a lot. Yeah, and Cam Meredith, it's just unlucky. I mean, ten dollars he felt like a great buy on draft day. Yeah. Um, but this team. You know, Fournette's injury, you know, it's saying that he's going to be good to go week one, but that's scary on a team that's already got a lot of cues next to their name for to steal a term from Papa Kaz. Um, he really needs Zay Jones and Kelvin Benjamin to really step up. This team's a dumpster fire, that's, really. Yeah, that's not a place I want to be in week one. It's a place that I feel like I was in last year that I needed Alan Hearns to have a career year, and just kind of feels like where I was last year coming out of the draft. Well, he took a year off last year from the injury bug, but he's got it, and he's right back where he was two oh, years ago. Yeah, it's sick. God, he was the worst it two years ago, and he's right back on that train. Kind of a sneaky thing that happened in the draft, too. I mean, I knew, I knew he was high on Winston, but he throws out Jameis Winston at $10 right out the gate, and he got crickets. And... I think if he had said Winston for eight, I still think he probably gets to the ten price. But that's one where you're kicking yourself and you're like, "What? What did I do there?" I mean, that extra dollar or two could have really helped him. And then he adds Matt Ryan for seven dollars, so now he's playing the the QB game every week, which is frustrating because they're both in the same tier for me. They're both tier two quarterbacks for this year, and I'm not sure I don't like Matt Ryan more than Jameis Winston. It's close. I know Winston has a lot more hype about him, but Matt Ryan's going to be fine. If he had just left with Matt Ryan for $7 and kept that $10 from Winston and rolled that into another player, now we're talking a little differently about his team. So, Didn't think it was a bad job when we left on Saturday, and now looking at this team, it's, it's, in, uh, it's in shambles. Yeah, he wastes $10 on Winston. Forum where I mean, we did we didn't know his situation at the time, so it didn't seem like that awful of a buy. And then five more on Edelman, who we did know his situation. I just 
Are we sure Edelman's even a good keeper in this league at this point? He's been I discussed that. I'm not sure that he is. He's a mid thirties receiver who had a complete tear now in his ACL. A guy who's required to be shifty and run those quick hitting routes. This isn't like Kelvin Benjamin who can, you know, get going down the field and Cam's gonna stand there and make time for himself and find you. I mean, this is a guy who's all about timing and quickness and I've never had an ACL injury, so I don't know what that does to someone, but Terrible. You've had one? Is that did you have it? Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's go to Butler's team. Um, Butler started with a cap of 181, the hammer. Um, kept Freeman and Gordon for a total of 28 bucks. Starts him at 153. <clears throat> and he did some not-so-Butler things. I mean, he added some big players. He still has the $1 guys on the bench, but um, usually we see Butler go out and try to get some big time running backs and receivers, and this year it was mainly Lamar Miller for forty seven. He also wins the Tom Brady bid for thirty six dollars, and then he adds Emmanuel Sanders for twenty five, Tyler Eifert for twenty five, Randall Cobb for seven, Jordan Matthews for three, Kenny Britt for a dollar, Chris Hogan for three, Darren Sproles for one, James Conner for one, and Dion Lewis for one. So how do you feel about the hammer? It's not it's not bad. I mean, anytime you start with Devontae Freeman and Alvin Gordon, I think that's a good start in the running back market. Um, I just think he could have done some things a little differently and came out with a better team. I don't know if after Lamar Miller for 47, he should have been in the Tom Brady for 30. Um, and I think you and I are both guys that like Eifert, but $25 for Tyler Eifert, uh, seems a little rich when you already went 36 on quarterback. I, I feel like I feel like you got to go at one of those positions. Yeah, I don't think you can go at both. Even though I kind of did, um, but not to this extent. Well, you uh, got you got Breeze and Ertz for two dollars more than he got Brady. So when you put it that way, it's not that bad. Yeah, but I mean, when Manuel Sanders is your number one receiver. I can't get excited about that. I don't think anyone's excited about Randall Cobb. And it's really hard to get excited about Jordan Matthews. So there's a definite hole here at receiver. I'm okay with the Lamar Miller for 47. But the way, I mean, looking at Lamar Miller and seeing 47 beside him, it doesn't look good. But with the way the running back market was, um, I think that was okay. But I think once he went there, I think if he, if he doesn't go, it's not even that he could go on Tom Brady. Or Eifert, I think he just had to go on one of them and then get a decent second receiver. Like, when Travis Rudolph, or not Travis Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph goes for $5, it would, I think this team would be a lot better if he got a tight end around that range and a different receiver. I mean, Keenan Allen was 32, so, I mean, he would look a lot better on this team than Tyler Eifert. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking so... First of all, we missed Lamar Miller was the second most expensive behind McCoy, not McCaffrey. Um, so it was actually McCoy, Miller, Ajayi, McCaffrey. Um, but I'm just looking at like his team compared to mine. So he got Emmanuel Sanders 
and Tyler Eifert for a total of $50. And I got T.Y. Hilton and Kyle Rudolph for a total of 47 I think I'd much rather have my situation. Not that I'm, not that I'm totally excited about T.Y. Hilton. He was a product of, I thought he was the best player available at that time in the draft. Um, but I just can't get behind Sanders this year as a wide receiver one. That's not, it's not doing it for me. Not that he needs him to put up wide receiver one numbers. He needs him to put up wide receiver two numbers, which I guess he could do. But I mean, you're looking at this team, and unless Chris Hogan or Kenny Britt has a monster year, you're talking Randall Cobb and Jordan Matthews as your wide receiver two and your flex two. That's not where I want to be leaving the draft. No. I think Chris Hogan can definitely get in a lineup. He definitely can. And, you know, Kenny Britt showed last year that he's a startable player, potentially. So, but he has the safe floor. I mean, Tom Brady gives him the safe floor. Freeman and Gordon and Miller together should give him the safe floor. He's going to be tough to beat on weeks where his wide receivers contribute. Yeah. So, which is kind of what we've said about him the last couple of years where we I think it was last year we said he'll be tough to beat if his tight end and flexes contribute. Um, so it's just a little different path. And I think just what you're trying to say is he spent some of his money at the wrong positions. Not that he got bad players for his money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not as well-rounded of a core as we would like to see. But still think there's a path to him being successful this year. And that was one thing I took from this draft, too, is a lot of these teams, I feel like there's a path to them being successful. I liked a lot more teams this year than I did in prior years where I felt like there were some clear stinkers in our league. I didn't feel that way leaving the draft. At least I didn't. Then I may feel differently as we finish these teams out tonight. All right, mixed mad dogs. Started with a cap of 184, keeping Devontae Adams and Jordan Howard for a total of 11. Starts him at 173 on draft day. Uh, Their roster looks as such. Kirk Cousins for 13. Adrian Peterson for 24. Jamison Crowder for 32. Golden Tate for 33. Delaney Walker for 25. Keenan Allen for 32. Dante Foreman for 2. Mike Williams for 1. James White for 2. Tyrell Williams for 1. And Matt Forte for 2. How do you think Mick did um, in his first year drafting solo without his brother? I think he's got not really any standout players, but I think there's some decent depth, primarily through the wide receiver core. I mean, Adams, Crowder, Tate, Keenan Allen, I think that's a solid four guys uh, to build around. I think... It's like four twos. Yeah, I mean, that's but a good... That's okay. A nice, this nice four little core, I think he's going to... He's going to run into some running back issues. I'm kind of coming down to earth on Jordan Howard, especially now that Cam Meredith's hurt. It's just, it's starting to feel more and more like last year's Todd Gurley to me. And uh, I liked the buy earlier when he bought him to keep him, uh, but now it's tougher. And then you got, I mean, there's no depth behind those running backs. You're going to be hoping Adrian Peterson can plow in a couple touchdowns every week. Um, because after that, 
It's a lot of long shots. Yeah, he does a good job linking Cousins and Crowder. Um, I thought that was kind of nice and sneaky there. Cousins at 13 was a decent price. Um, I think he's a back end of the top 10 quarterback. So getting him in that right price range was good. Um, Yeah, definitely would have liked to see him maybe allocate some of those funds on Jamison Crowder towards that Adrian Peterson position and maybe upgrade that RB2 and get one of the more value flex wide receivers that were available throughout the middle to end of draft like Brandon Marshall or Marvin Jones or someone like that. Um, But I thought he did okay. I mean, this is a team pretty similar to what him and his brother have done the last couple years. A lot of good players, no great players. Um, And, you know, they're just going to need them all to kind of play consistently together throughout the year. Just another team that I know he said Delaney Walker was his guy, and that's fine. Again, it's the beauty of the auction you get your guy. But, I mean, as I'm sitting here looking across, if he takes the $25 for Delaney Walker and the 24 for Adrian Peterson, and he goes and gets Lamar Miller and finds one of those cheaper tight ends, again, I'm going to keep pointing at the Kyle Rudolph for $5. I think that's an absolute steal. But I think if you throw a 3 or $5 tight end in this roster, and Lamar Miller beside Jordan Howard, I think it looks a lot better to me. Yeah. I don't think Delaney Walker has $25 upside. But what I think he did with this team is, I think he paid for high floor guys. Uh-huh. So Keenan Allen, if he's healthy, is about as high as floors get. Um, Golden Tate, high floor guy. Crowder is a high floor flex guy that I think at least um, I think Howard could have a high floor maybe I don't know Cousins is a high floor quarterback the ceiling isn't very the ceiling is not the roof on this team but um, I do I do think that they're gonna make you score some points to beat them they're gonna be consistent and they're just gonna make you put up a good week they're you're not going to be able to beat this team with a bad week, I don't think. No, it feels like a team that's going to hover at 500 and beat people when they don't perform. And I think it's just going to be a very predictable output every week. And he's going to be able to say, you know, I'm putting up 90 points. Can you get to 100? Yeah, first team to 100 wins every week against the Mad Dogs. All right. I do think he could have done a little more with his bench. Uh, to me, it felt like he was going for... He grabbed Mike Williams as a potential $1 keeper. If this guy gets back surgery, you're not keeping him for a dollar. Tyrell Williams probably was the best of his bench buys for a dollar. Foreman, I don't know what to expect from him. Forte, yuck. James White maybe was a good buy for $2, but... I would have liked to see him do a little more with the Mike. Well, I mean, with 14 players, I don't feel like you can throw a dead spot out there. With 14 players, can you drop three receivers from the same team? No, but he should have gotten Benjamin and just went for the four. Like, that was so heady by you in the draft. That was awesome. He could have just he could have saved a ton of money on Hunter Henry, too. <laughs> I was going there if you didn't, so... Yeah, that definitely would have been much cheaper at tight end than Walker, but he liked Walker, and um, I'm back and forth on Walker all year, so we'll see how that ends up with him. 
I liked him a lot two months ago, and now I'm just liking all the receiver, all the tight ends behind him more. Yeah, it's the Decker <clears throat> Decker deal. As prolific as he is in the red zone, there's no way they don't use him. The they guy's been outstanding in his career. They have the they have between Walker Decker, Rashard Matthews, and Corey Davis. They have four pass catchers that people are all expecting to carry value throughout the year. But they're still a running team with a two-headed monster at running back. I mean, literally, how many how many points can we expect the Titans to score week to week? Yeah. So it's interesting. That's one team that I'm going to be interested to watch them throughout the year, just the Titans themselves, and see what they can do this year because they have a lot of high-power offensive guys. But I just don't feel like that's their game, and I don't think they have the defense to play shootout games either or try to make it you know they'll be improved this year but they're still not alright let's get to mixed brother uh, Fleetwood franchise Tyler Storms uh, Mariota well he started off at 200 keeps Paul Perkins for 5 Eddie Lacy for 1 gives him 194 to spend in the draft and this is how he did it Mariota for 9 Jay Ajayi for 46, Sammy Watkins for 19, Alshon Jeffrey for 50, Eric Ebron for a buck, Dalvin Cook for 33, Pierre Garçon for 12, Rob Kelly for 13, Corey Davis for 2, Eric Decker for 6, and Gio Bernard for a buck. What do you think about this squad? It looks worse on the sheet because Perkins and Lacey are up at the top, but I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, it looked terrible after the draft. We kind of all sitting there, and everyone started to file out. And we were looking at it. We, I think, we all agreed that this was not a good one. But I mean, you're right. <clears throat> you throw. So a put a Jai and Cook at the running back spots, and then he's got um, Alshon Jeffrey at the wide receiver, paired with Pierre Garcon. And then Sammy Watkins at the flex with, like, Rob Kelly, Paul Perkins, or Eric Decker at the other flex. Um, totally not a bad team there. So, just kind of sitting here looking at it, and... So, yeah, just kind of looking at this team with... is one of our sleepers at quarterback, and then... Like I said, with Cook and Ajayi at running back, Jeffrey and Garcon at receiver, and a flex of Watkins and either Rob Kelly, Eric Decker, or Paul Perkins, this is a competitive team. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, another team that he's all in here on the Titans, huh? <laughs> I said it. I said it at the draft. I said I think these brothers are Titans fans. Yeah, I mean. It's Decker in there and a flex or whatever it may be. The weeks that Mariota throws multi-touchdowns to Decker, it'll be tough to beat him. Yeah, he'd really he'd really pay off if one of Perkins, Lacey, or Rob Kelly really took their job and ran with it. Because although Ajayi and Cook, I think, are clear-cut running back starters on week one, I'm not sure both of them will be for the whole year. I agree. So he could really use some running back depth to go with those guys, but with three potential starting running backs, 
in that depth, you have a better chance to hit. So I kept wondering, like, where all the running backs went. Like, where did they all go? Because I didn't think anyone was just pounding running back, and here's one of the teams. So. Yeah, I mean, up that he kept two of those mid-tier guys. Yeah. But he did a nice sub with something we talked about in all of our pre-draft debates and talks was properly valuing guys on draft day that you keep. You can keep anyone you want. It's all about how you value them. And he certainly did not walk into the draft and think that he had his running backs on lockdown with Perkins and Lacey because he went after a Jai right away and uh, Dalvin Cook as well. How much of a bargain is Garcon for 12? <clears throat> yeah. Be, I wanted to it, be in on that so bad. It was a product of the time that he got thrown. It was just at that point where yeah, I wanted him so bad, but I just couldn't do it because I was still looking to add the running back depth and things like that. And he went out and got Sammy Watkins for 19 in the first round of throws. Um, I know that's um, high ceiling, low floor there, but I think if he could take it back, he wouldn't make that bid now knowing what he was able to get after that. After that. <clears throat> Maybe not. I don't know. Watkins at 19 is actually a decent price, but... Yeah. That's a tough one. All right, Papa Kaz came in with a cap of 182, kept Julio and Travis Kelsey... For sixty nine bucks, starting him at one thirteen, he was the low man on the totem pole, um, and he had a tough time of it being the low man on the totem pole. So this is what Papa Kaz is rolling out there in week one: <clears throat> Stafford for ten, Mark Ingram for fourteen, C.J. Anderson for twenty four, Greg Olson was his high bid of thirty, Willie Sneed for twenty two, Terrence West for seven. Mike Wallace for one, Kevin White for one, Latavius Murray for one, Jamal Charles for one, and Martellus Bennett for one. How do you think Papa Kaz did taking into account his his money situation? I know you and him were pretty cozy there in the corner together, so you guys were doing a lot of chit-chat. Yeah, it was a tough situation for him. We both got behind the eight ball with running backs early, and then it, <laughs> we ended up... Some of the low-tier running back prices got up by us competing because neither one of us had a back for a long time. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like I, I know that he's not because he's all about this two tight end thing. He's definitely trying to make it a thing. He's bought into it. <laughs> I, think, I think he loves us talking about that for him. Um but if this were my team, I think I'd look at that Greg Olson for 30 and think, man, again, that's a spot where I, I take that $30 on Olson and maybe the 14 on you know, Ingram or 24 on C.J. Anderson, and you can get one of those better backs and be in a better situation. Um, I love Willie Sneed. I'm so high on Willie Sneed, but I feel very similar toward Willie Sneed as I do Pierre Garçon, and there's a $10 price difference there. So... Uh, while I like Willie Sneed this year, it's just crazy that he got $10 higher than Garcon, I think. I mean, obviously the situation is a lot better for him. Um, but yeah, Kevin White for a dollar, I think, becomes intriguing now. The day after, the day before, Meredith tears his knee up. I think that could be sneaky. Kevin White and Mike Wallace for a dollar apiece are good buys. And yeah, I'm looking at them. The first thing I thought was the same thing as you. 
Greg Olson is high bid of $30. Definitely could have been a running back. And now that he has that wide receiver depth of Wallace and White to go with Jones and Sneed, I'm not sure he needs to run the two tight end set. So I know he's out there looking for a deal. His deal may be to move Greg Olson or Travis Kelsey for a running back or a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but this team will be okay. I, I think the position that you and him were in, I think it was almost halfway through the draft before either of you had a running back. And for him to leave the draft with Ingram, C.J. Anderson, and Terrence West, I think he did a good job of getting those guys. And he, and he also paired up Charles with C.J. Anderson. So made the best of a bad situation, in my opinion. Yeah. He kind of he piled someone there in a hurry. Terrence West is a guy I'm really coming around on here lately because of Woodhead being a little banged up and just not really having anyone else worth talking about in that backfield. I agree. All right, Abusement Park started at 2.03, kept David Johnson and OBJ for a total of 54, started them out at 149. Hands down, it was unanimous that they were in the best spot coming into the draft. And I think he really squandered an opportunity here, but his team's still not in bad shape prefacing that. So um, Big Ben for a dollar, McCaffrey for 42. Woodhead for 15. Demarius Thomas for 34. Jordan Reed for 29. I know what you're going to say already about his team. Tyree Kill for 16. Robbie Anderson for three. Hunter Henry for one. CJ Procise for one. Jeremy Hill for two, and Cole Beasley for one. Um, what do you think? I think it's I think, okay. I think you're going to say that Hunter Henry at tight end for one, he could have used those Jordan Reed dollars elsewhere and really, really banged up the league here. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, Jordan Reed's upside out of this world. I mean, it's just how many games are you going to get out of him? So... I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with it if you're in on him. Um, I don't like the Woodhead buy. I'm kind of out on him. I just, I mean, he's 32 years old. I just feel like he's going to be hurt on and off all year. So $15. <clears throat> Could have been spent elsewhere. I think there was better PPR-type backs. Um, I just don't feel like they're going to come off west enough for Woodhead to hold value outside of a pass catcher. I know that he's shown he can, but not at this stage of the game for him. Um, Tyree Kill at $16, I think, is intriguing. Yes, love it. To catch some big weeks there. That was a guy, Papa Kaz threw him, and I was pissed because he was just kind of sinking and sinking and sinking, and everyone's top bid was starting to dwindle, and I just kept looking at him. I was like, man, Tyree Kill is going to be one hell of a player in my flex, too. And then Papakosh threw him, and it was too early for me to be able to get him. Yep, I was thinking the same exact thing as you there. Yep, that was uh, that was a great buy at that point in the draft. Really an oversight by everyone in the room to let him get to a point where someone could get him for 16 bucks, but... I know you and I were letting him sit because we were hoping maybe we could get him to a point where we could get in on it, but it didn't happen. Um, I mean, he, if he throws, in my opinion, I think I think Robbie Anderson should be in there over Danny Woodhead. 
And if he hits on McCaffrey, this is still a good team. Yeah, I mean, very. Demarius Thomas is going to do what he does. Uh, I think he's a high floor guy. Uh, David Johnson's a stud, and I think uh, waiting on quarterback and just taking—he just kind of seemed like he was ready to take the last guy there. He he wasn't moving on quarterback at all. No. Well, there was a ton of teams in the draft that had two <clears throat> where before he touched a quarterback, and to have Roethlisberger kind of be the last guy there, I think he's got more weapons around him than ever. Um, you just got to hope that those road games don't drag him down and you get a, a good performance from him week in and week out. I agree. It's crazy just to think, though, if like Woodhead does pan out and McCaffrey pans out. I mean, you're talking 200, 200 catches between his three running backs, potentially, between Johnson, Woodhead, and McCaffrey. I mean, that's the kind of ceiling that those three guys have in PPR in a half-point PPR format. And to be able to pair them with Beckham, Demarius Thomas, and Tyreek Hill. If Woodhead and McCaffrey are, are pretty good, this is going to be a really tough squad. And then he had C.J. Procise, which is another potential PPR monsterish running back. So, um, not, not as bad as I thought it was leaving the draft. I thought he really missed an opportunity, but when you start with Johnson and Beckham, <laughs> that gives you a little bit of a cushion, I guess, to to miss miss a little bit in the draft. I just would have targeted different players than Jordan Reed and Demarius Thomas. I think that's what what happened there. But um, all right, let's go to Spears team ice cream. Started with a one eighty cap, kept Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson for thirty six. Starting him out at one forty four. He had Demarco Murray for thirty six. Tevin Coleman for twenty. Ty Montgomery for 29, Jarvis Landry for 30, Austin Hooper for 3, Deshaun Jackson for 8, Frank Gore for 10, Wendell Smallwood for 1, Jeremy Macklin for 2, Dak Prescott for 1, and Torrey Smith for 1. What are your thoughts there? It's, it's, again, not a bad team. I feel like this is a team where if you covered up all the prices on this sheet or deleted them and sent it to a buddy on the other side of the world... They'd look at Team Shit's ice cream and they would say, where the hell did he spend his money? Yeah. He didn't have a lot to spend, though. If you told him that he kept Rodgers and Nelson for $36, they'd look at this and be like, did DeMarco Murray go for 70 Because, I mean, the names on this, I mean, I can't get behind Tevin Coleman for 20 No, that would, yeah, that's probably egregious, but... Um, I... Again, combine your Coleman and Montgomery money and go get Lamar Miller. Yeah. Um, Jarvis Landry for 30, nah. Frank Gore for 10, nah. There's just, uh, there's not, for me, there's not a lot to get excited about here. This is like Team Oldhead. But it's not bad. I mean, it's another team that, with Rodgers and Nelson, they're going to be in the 90 point range most weeks. I don't know. No? I don't know. I think just Montgomery's workload's going to get cut into by Williams, I think, big time. Who knows what Tevin Coleman's workload's going to be with the new OC there. Is he is he really going to be a big piece, or are they just going to lean in on Freeman? Uh, I really think that Tennessee is going to find a way to get Derrick Henry on the field more. 
I've already told you I'm calling for a regression for Jordy Nelson this year. Jarvis Landry has been on my team. He's going to frustrate the hell out of you. Um, especially with the emergence of Devontae Parker, and we know how Cutler likes to throw the ball to a big guy. Already starting to see that. Uh, Austin Huber does nothing for me. I know he's got all kinds of <laughs> sleeper, sleeper hype from God knows where coming out of him. Uh, you would have thought Tony Gonzalez was back in Atlanta. The way people were talking about him, it makes me sick. Um, Deshaun Jackson, you, yeah, you can get a, a sweet 60-yard touchdown from him one week, or you might get nothing. Uh, it's just uh, there's nothing for me to really get excited about here. So this was your least favorite team coming out of draft day. It's look. It wasn't <clears throat> when we left, but now that we're going through them all with a fine comb, I think this one's definitely shaping up in that direction. Yeah, I don't think it's bad, but I agree. I don't think it's good either. Um, yeah, we'll see. He's gonna need some guys. I, I liked Macklin for two dollars. I liked Gore for ten. Um, Hooper for three. I understand what you're saying, but. You're not losing your season because you took Austin Hooper for three dollars. So no, I didn't even touch on the fact that you're starting. I mean, I said it at the draft, and apparently I was the idiot for saying it in Spears's eyes. But you're going to start Rogers, Montgomery, and Nelson. Yeah, I get if I get if Rogers throws three touchdowns to Montgomery, you're good. But that means or to Nelson, you're good there. But that means Montgomery probably sucked. Yeah, there's not many weeks where all three of them are going to be top twelve at their position. It's almost impossible. They start slow again. He could be the first seller. Yeah. All right, let's go to Bull. Bull was the money man in the draft. Started at two twenty-five. Kept Terrell Pryor for a dollar and Allen Robinson for twelve. Starting him off at two twelve, and this is how he spent that two twelve. Rivers for five. Lashawn McCoy for sixty-four. Joe Mixon for twenty-seven. Isaiah Crowell for thirty-six. Evan Ingram for a dollar. Larry Fitzgerald for 30, Crabtree for 31, Cooper Cup for 4, Andy Dalton for 1, Theo Riddick for 2, and Mike Gillisley for 6. And he did leave um, $4 on the table. So, what do you think about Bowles' team? As much as we trashed Bowles for, for not nailing it last year, I think he did a good job this year. I think he did a good job of going out and spending his money. I think he did a good job of having a plan of pounding running backs and doing that successfully. I mean, McCoy, Mixon, Crowell, with the exception of Mixon, I mean, McCoy and Crowell were two guys I wanted. I just couldn't get behind the price of them, but he had the money to get behind that price of them, and he went out and got them. Um, not really excited about Allen Robinson, but keeping him for $12 is fine. Oh, well, here's one for you. Is Allen Robinson even in his starting lineup week one? Yeah. It's going to be, I wouldn't. It's Robinson or Mixon. Because you're going to start prior Fitzgerald and Crabtree. Yeah. You don't have to. I thought uh, I thought the addition of Larry Fitzgerald was nice. I think he's got some big upside guys there. Um, and I think to add a good floor guy like Fitzgerald, he's going to catch a ton of balls every week. Um, and kind of give you that, if he scores a touchdown, that's a bonus feel. Um, I think that was a nice job. Uh, Cooper Cup, good ad. It could could very well emerge be the favorite target there. Um, Theoretic, good ad, good PPR option for your bye week fill-ins if it falls that way. Gillisley was a 
I know everyone's really cooled off on Gillisley, but six dollars. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I just think it's going to be tough. It, I don't see a spot where, unless these guys match bye weeks, because I don't have the bye weeks in front of me. But unless he has running backs that match bye weeks, I don't even see a way that he can put Gillisley in because of the mystery that's going to be behind him with Belichick and what he does with his running backs. But it's a good ad. I mean, there's not a. I mean, I guess Cooper Cup kind of is, but I feel like this is one of the only teams where you don't feel like you threw a dart at someone or took a shot, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like everyone, if he had to, because of injuries or something like that, like, all of these guys could play. The dart was Evan Ingram, but, again, right? Yeah, not, you're right. not really killing you. No, yeah. So, yeah, good job by Bull. I like that team. It's not bad. Um, all right, let's go to your team. 225 coming into the draft. You kept A.J. Green and Michael Thomas for 56 starting you off at $169. And this is how you went about spending that. Drew Brees for 19 Jaquiz Rogers for 9 Cooks for 58 Um Zach Ertz for 19 Doug Martin for 21 Kenny Galladay for 1 Duke Johnson for 7 Adam Thielen for five, Marlon Mack for two, and Darren McFadden for eight. Self-assess, Mr. Mitchum. Uh, and we got to the first break of the draft, and I just... You were talking it, to yourself. It felt like all the same shit all over again. Like, I just sat there and let the draft pass me by. Because all we talked about going into the draft was how I wanted to leave with the top running back so I didn't have to play these running back games that I kind of set myself up for. But I couldn't get behind the running back prices at the top end. I mean, when you keep a $48 player and some of these other guys came in with the money they had, I couldn't compete there. At least I didn't feel like. And then I turned around and I kind of shifted my draft strategy. I was like, if I can't if I can't get these top backs, let's lock down a solid number three receiver. So I got in on the... Doug Baldwin deal. Uh, I felt backhanded and dirty about it, so I kind of <laughs> um, got out of it and let him go at 51. And then all of a sudden I looked at the wide receiver board and I was like, it's Cooks. Like, if I don't get Cooks, I've let this draft pass me by. Because uh, at that point I hadn't had a running back. I added Drew Brees at 19, which I liked. Uh, had him. I said I would go 20 for him. I had him at 17, but somehow in the middle of saying sold, I guess a bid counts now. So I paid two extra dollars for him, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I got to that point. I know the Cooks, Cooks bid and me going after Cooks surprised you, but I just, I don't know. Where else were you going to go? That's where I got. I completely shifted my strategy. I said these running backs are too high. I'll try and pound out the mid-tier ones. And... Well, let's let's nail down a top receiver, and for me, it was Baldwin or Cooks. Um, so Cooks at fifty eight, hell of an expense, but God, he looks good as a wide receiver three. Yeah. So, I mean, if you told if you told someone you went to an auction draft and the first running back you got an hour into the draft was Jaquiz Rogers, they'd laugh in your face. But I felt like I did okay. I don't love Legarrette Blount. I just got him because I feel like 
I feel like if there's a week where I can plug him in, I mean, obviously he's not, I'm not going to start him week one because of all the stuff that's swirling about him. But yeah. if there's a week where I can plug him in and expect him to plunge two in, then that's solid. Um, this team looks a lot differently, too, with Bilal Powell now on it. Yeah, Bilal Powell gives me a solid solid guy to throw in there. So, I mean, I can start Jaquiz Rogers and Bilal Powell out the gates. And then when I get Doug Martin back... I can go Powell and Martin, um, and I think Duke Johnson is a guy that can get in my flex two as PPR guy. I wanted that PPR guy that could get in my flex two and give me a nice little floor, and I think he's probably my favorite one because of the whole slot action and everything he's supposed to be getting. But I also added Adam, Adam Thielen for that job. So, we'll see. Yeah, Thielen's got the Saints in week one. It's going to be hard enough to plug him in there. Yeah. I threw darts at Kenny Galladay. I mean, it is what it is. I didn't really like it at the time. And I threw a dart at Marlon Mack just because I still feel like in my own head he's he's the guy if uh, Gore goes down as ancient as he is. Yeah, I thought you did all right. Um, Question would be, do you regret Breeze for 19? knowing that you could have maybe taken a less than $5 quarterback like Carr and then uh, kind of gone after, I don't know, gone a little harder after an Abdullah or a Hyde or someone like that? Um, No, I don't think because Breeze is my guy. What I do kind of regret, though, some of these darts I threw late with Kenny Galladay and Marlon Mack, I kind of regret those because I really, really, really wanted to get Andy Dalton. I never come out of the draft with two quarterbacks, but when I kept Green and Thomas and I kept looking at it, I was like, man, the ability to play Drew Brees in the Dome in prime time and then throw in... Andy Dalton not in prime time. Any, Andy, any Dalton, other time. Andy Dalton before week 13 <laughs> when shit doesn't matter. I was like, man, to play those matchups with those guys would be really good, but... And now Andy Dalton got scooped for a dollar really late. I was kind of hoping he'd just kind of sit on the wire. But. He'll be back on the wire before you know it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you did all right. Uh, um, it needs work throughout the year, but they don't call you the king of work ethic for nothing. So I think you gave yourself a good core to give you the ability to make this a playoff team. So. I think, I think as I started to look at this sheet before we started – I think there's only two teams in the league that can run with my wide receiver core. And if I get anything out of my running backs, which when Doug Martin comes back, I fully expect to. And Bilal Powell, I think I can fully expect to. So I, th- I think I think I'm okay. Um, Who are the teams that can run with your receiver core? That would be you, sir. That's what I thought. One, take your ball and go home. I figured that's, I figured that's who you were saying. I didn't know. If after looking at it, you were throwing the Mad Dogs in there, but I definitely would take your receiving core over them. So, no, he's got a lot of mid-tier guys. With, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of guys that are going to explode. I have guys that could go for like two fifty and two of whatever the hell they want. Yeah. All right, I agree. Um, all right, we'll round out with my team. So I came in with a two twenty draft cap. Kept Todd Gurley and Amari Cooper for 43, starting me at 177. And I went Russell Wilson for 16, Amir Abdullah for 25, 
T.Y. Hilton for 42, Doug Baldwin for 51, Kyle Rudolph for 5, Devontae Parker for 18, Jonathan Stewart for 10, Carson Wentz for 2, Corey Coleman for 5, Sterling Shepard for 1, and Alvin Kamara for a buck. What do you think? I thought it was good. I mean, you nailed Baldwin, who was your guy. I mean, you went in with your strategy and got your guy. I didn't. Um, I thought the the Russ Wilson stack with Baldwin was nice. Um, I thought the Devontae Parker throw at 18 and getting crickets was good. I would have liked to come in on that, but I didn't. Because uh, you're, you're a good friend. Uh, it was more given where I was at the time. I didn't feel like I could go get him. I already had a solid three. Like He'd look good in the flex, but I felt like I already had flex targets out there for cheaper. So I thought... If you don't throw him for 18, I come in on it, and I might stay in on it higher than 18. So I know you left the draft wondering, like, was that the right thing to do? But I think it was. I think if you say, like, 5 or 10, I'm coming and probably not getting out of it for a while. Yeah. So that was the right thing to do. I thought that was a good move. Um, if Gurley gets back to form and Abdullah is the Abdullah that I keep thinking he is, this team's pretty scary. Um Rudolph for five is such a steal. I just keep looking at that. I should have just bid you up on him. <laughs> After you bid me up on Ertz, just just to make sure we were around the same price for guys that I think are very similar. I would have stuck you with him. I would have stuck you with him, and then I'd have Duke Johnson and Hunter Henry. So. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't come in and rock me up on Duke Johnson. I went to my max bid at the time was six, and I went there. Uh yeah, I, I mean, I like the Corey Coleman ad late for $5 with Kaiser getting the nod there. I think that, that those two could could become a thing. I mean, they're going to pound the rock with Crowell like they want to and then kind of play action and let, let Kaiser create with his legs. Coleman's the kind of guy that could eat, eat defensive backs alive while, if Kaiser keeps plays alive as a mobile quarterback. I mean, that's... It's kind of scary. And Alvin Kamara's one injury away from being in a pretty nice role. And he's mm-hmm. the kind of guy that can take a five-yard pass and go. We've seen it already. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a ton of talent. So, I like yeah. this squad. My one regret is Carson Wentz, I think. Um, I didn't need a second quarterback on this team, but I liked Wentz so much. And I think the whole room was talking about him all day, I feel like, so... I think I'll let that get the best of me. I would have really liked to have gone Derek Carr as my backup quarterback if I was going to pull a backup quarterback. Um, but that $2 on Carson Wentz definitely could have went towards a running back flyer. So that's the one thing I may be regretting a little bit right now. Um, but there's some time for me to decide if I want to add. There's a bunch of decent running backs on the wire, so I don't necessarily have to go anywhere there. But... Now, looking at my team right now, I wanted to get Tom Brady. My last bid for Tom Brady was $35. I'm really happy I didn't get it as much as I was loving Brady. Then I don't have a Devontae Parker on my team if I go that way, or I don't have a T.Y. Hilton on my team. Um, Being able to get Wilson for $16, $20 cheaper than Tom Brady was the right move all along. So I'm glad it worked out that way. Um 
even though I was pretty tight about it all day long. But I like the look of my team a lot. Um, you know, Amir Abdullah, everyone was really high on him two years ago coming into the league as a rookie. Third year now in the league in what I think is a good offense. He's really the, he's really my linchpin. I need him to be something. I think he's going to be. Yeah. Had him for 12 last year. And I just, T.Y. Hilton at 42 felt like such a good buy at the time. So, we'll see. I mean, I, I feel like his value, his top 10 value is definitely tied to luck being healthy. But, again, he could be my wide receiver three. If Devontae Parker goes to the levels people think, Hilton could even be my four. Uh, that can't hurt, can't argue with that. So, um, yeah, I was happy with it. This is the best I've felt about a team leaving our draft in a long time. And it's strictly because of the, and I think we both feel this way, it's strictly because of the money we got last year because of how bad we were. It's huge. Yeah. It helped big time. So. I think I could have done better with it, but it definitely helped. Well, yeah, and I, I think you probably could have too, but again, the running back prices were absolutely insane. And you probably missed some early receivers that you would have gone after a little harder because you were waiting on that running back situation to figure itself out, and it never did. Yeah. And then I got caught. I just keep looking at it. I mean, like Eric Blount and Doug Mart, I would have loved to walk out of there with Crowell. But I don't know if I'm in a better situation there or not. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean we're time's gonna tell here, so the the trade made it acceptable, so Alright, who are your top three teams after the draft? Dear God, I forget who everyone had. Uh, who was I talking about earlier that I said I really liked? You like Bull? I do like Bullish team. I think you said you liked Phil's team. Nah. I don't mind Phil's team. I don't think he's a top three. I think you like Shane's team. I think you like... Fleetwood franchise. I think I like your team. Bowles team. And my team. I think those would be my top four in no particular order. Who was the second one, Shane? Yeah, you, Shane, me, and Bowl. I think are the teams I like most. And I'm not even sure if mine is up there with your guys's all four of us in the same division this year it's gonna be a wild one it's gonna be a tough year yeah there's gonna be what there'll, there'll be probably four teams from the other division to make it four teams from the other division because we're beating ourselves up you think we'll see I mean that would be a shame. I think I think it's the odds on the champion coming from the LA division are pretty high though right now. I think so. Papa Kaz has already put Julio on the market and he says he's not trading to the B division, so 
I think what I think he's actually calling it. He's calling it the helmet division. <laughs> so, um, we'll see. I I thought it was a fun draft day. This was to me the most fun of a draft day we've had because it was so unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but I think we we prepared ourselves as best we could. So definitely looking forward to it. Um, my the other take, the other takeaway. I've got a bad rap in our league. Yeah. I heard, heard about that. It's a spot that I like, though. You, you thrive in that situation. I don't want to be a likable guy. You're going to RYFP. I want Nick to grunt and moan when he finds out I'm the guy sitting beside him. I like that shit. I eat that up. And he's the, he, he's one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet. I know. We got along well. And I'm not. That's probably why he grunted and moaned. He's probably like, I got to listen to this fucking guy the whole time. You, you do kind of have a savage reputation. Yeah, that's all right. You wouldn't have it any other way, though. No. All right, so that's our draft recap. Um, it was a fun day. Waiver Wire runs Tuesday. Have you looked at the wire at all? I was just glancing at it. There's some guys out there. Yeah, I don't know what running backs you're looking at, but I don't see them. Well, I just thought it was interesting that P. Ryan didn't go. That's the main one. And Chris Thompson. There's no difference in Chris Thompson and Theo Riddick. No. <laughs> and I know they're both on the same team, but they, they both, I think, should be drafted. You know. Like, if you're going to throw a dart at Deion Lewis, why wouldn't you just take Chris Thompson? Because Butler took Deion Lewis. I know. I know. <clears throat> Ted Ginn, top receiver available, I think, in the league. He seems like a guy that's going to be in and out of the wire all year. So, definitely, uh, definitely excited for the season to start. We are a week and a half away. So, take your ball and go home against the Steel Curtain week one, primetime matchup. And we'll look forward for Shane's predictions piece to come out. Um, we have one more, we have two more drafts, one together and one in our couples league. I'm spent. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for the start. Yeah. This has been way too long. I feel like we've been doing these things since March. Um, I'm ready for these two drafts to be over, but I'm excited to do them, get them over with, and then just count down till Thursday. Does Fegley listen to these? I think so. Why? I wanted to make a bold prediction. Go for I'll it. Give, I'll give it to you off the air. All right. I look forward to hearing that. I'm going to play the music. Sign off. Thanks for listening. Matt Kozlowski of the Denver Desert Dog. Your commish. Joined by Eddie Mitchum, my right-hand man. Um, Red Triangle 23 on Twitter. Find us. Listen to us. And follow the Sons of Fantasy Football League throughout the 2017 season. Thanks, and we'll talk to you guys next week.